Vaccination rates are rising in the U.S. and the return to office is in sight. But after more than a year of Zoom calls and Slack conversations, most Americans are hoping that working from home will stick around. There are certainly a lot of perks. You get to skip your commute, maybe get to sleep more. Some people even say remote work could usher in a renaissance for smaller cities in the Midwest. Joining us today is Mark Miro, a senior fellow at the Brookings Institution. He's been looking into this idea. Thank you so much for joining us today, Mark. Absolutely. So lots of people are excited by the idea that remote work will help revitalize beleaguered parts of the country. What are people hoping will happen? I think the idea is that talented, uh, well-educated, often techie people will arrive in all kinds of places, bringing their human capital, bringing their, you know, high-paid jobs. And in that sense, just bringing new energy into places that are not only losing population in many cases, but, you know, really struggling economically. We think of the non-coastal, non-superstar metro areas. So areas that are landlocked, the Midwest, the Rust Belt, where a lot of manufacturing jobs have left over the years? Absolutely. Okay, but the data shows that might not be the case. People might not actually be saying, hey, I have a remote job. Let me move to Cleveland. Yeah, lots is happening. People are moving around, but it's not exactly the movements that maybe people are hoping for or expecting. So let me ask you, first off, what's happening to the populations of big coastal cities as more people work remotely? There's certainly movement and there's outflow, but we're talking especially about the Bay Area and New York City. Elsewhere, there isn't a massive uptick in movement from last year, but there are people drifting out of those two biggest metros. Okay, so we have people leaving the two biggest metros, the Bay Area, New York City. Where are they moving to? Well, interestingly, they're mostly moving to the burbs. They're moving out either farther out within the metro or into nearby counties. And they're mostly shorter moves. Got it. So this is not unlike every other generation's flight to the suburbs in a way. Yeah, it's a movement out to the suburbs or even the exurbs. Uh, but it's still tethered to the big metros. You know, we looked at it closely, sort of Bay Area, 700,000 moves out of the Bay Area, only 12,000 into 19 classic heartland states. So these moves, is it a matter of uncertainty about the future of work? Like, will my boss change your mind in the next year or so and make me come back to the office or make me come in a few days a week so I can't actually live that far away? Yeah, I think that's a big factor. Or... Hybrid work, meaning you got to come in two days a week, that's going to limit where you can move. The other thing that's happening, by the way, is that remote work is declining. It was uh, about 57% of professional workers were working remotely a year ago, May. This May, 30%. I think it'll go down further, but even remote work may not be as massive a trend as expected. Right. We're going to end up somewhere in the middle. The vaccine rollout has gone better than expected. So the move to hybrid work or remote work is going to be less severe than we might have thought. 100%. I think this whole area may be one of those things where you need to watch what people do, either what they say or what the hot takes are saying, right? 
So back to the heartland. These places that were really hoping that wealthier remote workers would move there and you know spend their money, what could actually revitalize those places? Well, I mean, ultimately, for better or worse, places are left with the kind of basics of economic development, which increasingly means trying to build digital capabilities, uh, digital uh, industries. They're not wrong about that. It's about uh, training. It's about being a good place to live. I think more important than ever is support for families. Making a place a good place to, to live and work really does matter. And we do think there are some federal policy ideas coming down the pipe that may be helpful, including for creating a bunch of inland places, you know, tech hubs with significant investment in local colleges and universities, workforce, and all of that. But, you know, we have a lot of work to do to turn around a lot of places. What about the big tech companies that are opening locations outside of their, you know, outside of big cities, uh, you know, whether it's a second location or a satellite office? Where do those tend to be? I think it's dawning on big tech that they will do much better going to the talent than trying to get the talent to come to places like the Bay Area. So the South need to access more diverse workforces is an incredible opportunity for them. I think there have been a lot of movements. The the first resort has been, you know, uh, Texas and especially Austin. But I think we're going to see more genuine movement into especially the South. So what cities are we talking about that you're seeing the tech companies move to? So certainly Atlanta, uh, Research Triangle, which was arguably already sort of a tech hub. But places like, uh, I think, you know, Birmingham, Indianapolis, Jackson, uh, Mississippi, perhaps, places like that. Some of these places are mini tech hubs in their own right, though obviously nowhere near the scale of big coastal cities. Is that right? Well, I mean, this, I think the movement of the tech companies is a towards concentrations of tech talent, right? They recognize that they're missing Einstein's and they want to move closer to those. So they're going to look to the hubs, preeminently Atlanta. We've talked about this idea of agglomeration before, the idea that the concentration of workers and industries and supply chains in a certain area make it so that more workers and more industries and more supply chains concentrate there as well. Is that still the case when more people work from home or work from anywhere? Like, does agglomeration still matter? It's a great question. Uh, you know, agglomeration, I think, is, you know, a fact of the universe, but is contingent to some extent on technology and communication. Now, in the past, every uh, communications advance led to more clustering. And I think that clustering is going to remain crucial. But we, we don't know totally how this is going to play out. Our evidence suggests that the long-term moves are, uh, are, are not a massive feature yet, but that remote work is having uh, influencing where people work and the decisions they make. Well, I think we may see more movement, but not necessarily an end to these intense clusters. They're so powerful, especially in, in the early stages of an emerging technology. I think the AI uh, platform is 
emerging, and that's when clustering matters most. When something becomes a commodity, it can move, uh, people can move away. Let's talk about the rise of remote work in general, keeping in mind that you already mentioned you don't think it's going to be as strong as we might have predicted you know, last year. Um, I recently wrote an article about how difficult it is to hire people right now. Um, you know, to deal with this, a lot of companies are offering um, remote work as a sort of must-have perk. Um, the share of remote jobs on on sites like LinkedIn and ZipRecruiter went to 10%, up from like 2% last year. And even still, um, there's just a, so much competition over those uh, increased number of remote jobs. Remote jobs are getting four times the applications of non-remote ones. Um, do you see the number of remote jobs rising to fit that demand? I think, uh, first, remote work is not going back to the low level it, it was pre-pandemic. You know, my, my point is simply that remote work isn't always going to be super far, super remote. It's going to be the near remote. And I think, I think remote work is going to remain critical to, to not only what workers want or say they want, but uh, what firms offer. I think you'll see that as a ubiquitous uh, sort of starting point offer. Now, I do a job that, you know, can be done remotely some of the time in general jobs where you work on a computer, lend themselves to being done remotely. But we've also noticed that a lot of jobs you wouldn't expect to be remote are becoming remote at least part of the time. Uh, one example I gave in the story is uh, home health aides, people who physically have to go into other people's homes. Their employers are now saying, okay, the one day a week where you might have done paperwork in the office, that could be a work from home day. Do you see more remote work coming to these sort of industries where you don't normally expect it? Yeah, very much so. And, and to be clear, what the only thing I don't see is massive is these long-term, long-distance moves. I think remoteness, remote work for part of the time of every week is becoming and will become more ubiquitous. You know, I think it's become a, a seller's market for uh, labor for a while. And therefore, remote work is going to become uh, an offer from all kinds of employers. So what are the economic impacts of a more distributed workforce or more people working from home or outside of cities? Remote work is a really important emerging factor. It's just not important in the way we've been talking about it as a driver of movement into the heartland and exodus that will save local communities. Local communities are just in, the, in the heartland are still going to have to do things the hard way. But this is going to be a major factor within metros and near metros, and we don't know how all that's going to play out. Maybe it could benefit participation in the labor force. Maybe it does uh, improve conditions of work for people. On the negative, I think it's a sprawl driver. And the impacts near and within metros are going to be substantial. What happens to all the lunches and services provided in, in the downtown? We're going to see hubs of urbanism in the suburbs. You know, and I think we're going to see then sprawl and movement into the exurbs. So, so there's, I think, very substantial uh, disruptions and changes within the metro. I'm Ronnie Mola, and this is Rico Daily. This episode was produced by Alan Rodriguez Espinoza and engineered by Paul Manzi. 
Let us know what you want to learn more about. Email us at recodedaily at recode.net.